The name makes it sound like it's more of a chick flick than it actually is. It makes it difficult to recommend to some people because they will just assume, oh, that's a girl's film, that's a girly film about love and romance and weddings and blah, 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 which it really isn't. People shit themselves on it. I thought it was funny. Like, look, does it deserve an Oscar? No, but did I enjoy watching it? Yeah. I don't know. I would have liked to see them let loose a bit more, maybe not have it be centered around a woman with, you know, cliche sort of jealousy issues. And it's just a little bit too, like a man wrote a film about what he thinks women give a shit about. And that's what I think also bothered me. Hello, film fans. Joining Flix Watch today, we have Dee. Hello. Rhonda. Hi. And Kobe. Hello. And we're here to talk about Bridesmaids. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Rhonda and Dee. Over to you, please, Rhonda, to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are, please. Hi. So me and my sister Dee, we co-host the Switchblade Sisters Social Club True Crime Podcast. And you can find us over on Instagram and Facebook. And we exploit our worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. <laughs> and what's that? Kobe and Helen, you want to have a Switchface Sister Social Club mug? Well, there's one wigging its way over to both of you, if you trust me with your address, which some people don't, and I get it. I'm a bit I'll, stalkery. I've got a P.O. box. Yes. I've got a P.O. Yes, box. I hear that a lot. I've got a P.O. box. <laughs> yeah. You've got merch as well. I think if you've got merch, then you've like, yeah, yeah. you're in the game with the merch. <laughs> Do you know what? I was like, business cards or stickers? And I went with stickers for like a bunch of conferences and so forth. And I think it was the way forward. No one cares about business cards. They all want stickers. Stickers, stickers, stickers. Yeah, I found your sticker a couple of days ago. So when I was cleaning up my the kitchen table, I was like, ah, all the people <laughs> I met at the podcast show, which is where we, where we met a few months ago, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And where did you put your sticker? It's just still on the table, unstuck. It's still on its, still on its backing. Saving it for somewhere special. Somewhere special, yeah. Saving it for exactly. that. <laughs> so tell us a bit about your podcast. We cover true crime cases. We pick ones that have impacted us in some way that we either remember playing out in real time or just really sort of struck a chord in terms of the background, you know, the social injustice that, I'm going to say it, all the cuts that the government is making in services, healthcare, education, it's so all of these things that mean that people aren't getting the help that they need and therefore potentially sort of turn to crime, let's say. And also we love things like scientific developments, things that mean that people are caught years after the fact because of, you know, like the Golden State Killer who was caught because someone, some distant relative of his had submitted some sort of 23andMe ancestor DNA test. And that means that a serial killer is caught. We love that shit. So that's what we like to cover. Yeah. But also interestingly, I think 
it surprised us how we delved a lot into social, as you mentioned, social and political issues. We talk about, by popular demand, weirdly, we didn't expect it. You know, we talk about our lives, you know, at the start of the episodes and what's going on in our life. We talk about mental health. We talk about neurodivergence, autism, my kids are autistic. So these are themes that come up a lot. And we find them often woven into a lot of the cases that we talk about. So although it, when we started, it was a true crime podcast, it kind of developed into more. Also, we're sisters, so we bicker on air. <laughs> <laughs> and people like that shit. I don't know why. And you leave it in. <laughs> yeah, I leave it in. Because <laughs> normally I'm right. And I need everyone to know. <laughs> Well, we're here talking about films today, no crimes in this film. Well, there is, there's a police officer, so there's a few crimes. We're talking about Bridesmaids. So, Dee, that was your choice. Can you tell us, first of all, why you chose Bridesmaids? And then, second of all, a synopsis in 60 seconds or less, and I'll get the timer up for that. I'm wondering why you picked it too, Dee, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. We're going to have some sister conflict. <laughs> yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> You're better than this, Dee. You're better than this. <laughs> I actually enjoyed this film. I don't know if you can tell, my sister did not. I picked it firstly because the first 20 that I wanted to pick, you've already covered. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, it's okay. We wanted the craft. We, we wanted the we craft. We wanted the craft. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Fuck yeah. We couldn't have the craft, so I don't know. I was just looking for, I was in the mood for some lighthearted comedy, to be honest. And I had seen this film before. I didn't remember it, but I remember enjoying it. So I thought, fuck it, why not? You know? But yeah, you will hear our differing opinions in a moment, I suspect. I feel like fuck it, why not should be an option. Like people can just pick if we sort of say, why did you pick it? And it's like, oh, well, it's the fuck it, why not option. <laughs> there you go. How we make our choices. <laughs> Your synopsis timer starts now. So, Annie and Lillian are best mates. Lillian gets engaged and asks Annie to be her maid of honor, but the problem starts when Helen gets involved. Helen is the rich wife of Dougie's rich boss, and you can tell she's like bored housewife. And she has latched onto Lillian and tries to take over the wedding. She's really different to Annie, who, let's say very politely, is ditzy. She's a fucking mess. She's a hot mess. Hilarious scenes and drama follow, but eventually the wedding goes ahead, albeit in an extremely ridiculous fashion. Everyone lives happily ever after. Oh, and Annie hooks up with Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd at the end. Boom. Some surreal <laughs> casting in this, isn't there? The casting is amazing. Well, I, I'm, I'm quite interested to see what... I've never heard any dissent about this film before. So um, do we see it Randa first or do we, we talk about amongst ourselves before going to Randa? The less I say, the better. No, I want to <laughs> say that not only will she be judging the film, but she will be judging all of us for liking this film when she does not. Yeah, that's happening right now. It reminded me of a quote by Tina Fey where she said, you can tell how smart somebody is by what they laugh at. That's what this whole film reminded me of, that one quote by Tina Fey, who is funny. Well, she's funny. I guess we're thick as shit because I thought it was funny. Like, look, does oh, it deserve geez. an Oscar? No, but did I enjoy <laughs> watching it? Yeah. Did you laugh out loud? Not like, haha, rolling around but, the floor laughter, but we know. Did you laugh like super bad? No, I specifically put in my notes, it's no super bad. Okay. But <laughs> I'm quite surprised that Tina Fey wasn't involved in this at all, because this has a lot of her hallmarks all over Too it. good for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, because there's a lot of... She wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was funny. Like, perfect hangover on a Sunday movie, I thought. Helen. 
I've seen this a couple of times. I haven't seen it for a while, but I mean, I think it's funny. <laughs> We're all scared to speak Sorry. now. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> you have, you guys have your say. It's okay. Is it? <laughs> it's your podcast. <laughs> In my notes, I've written cringe, laugh, cringe, laugh, cry, and I feel that kind of is the the roller coaster of emotions on it. Watching it now, I think. It maybe is a little bit long and a little bit flabby. It just really highlights how terrible a person Annie is. But it is funny. It's this kind of like weird neuroticness of being a woman in a weird friendship group and getting married, all kind of like mashed up in this one film that has Chris O'Dowd as the love interest and Matt Lucas is in it and Terry Crews is in it at the start, which is, you always forget he's in it. John Hamm's in it as well, being... Just really funny. Rebel Wilson. So, yeah. Melissa McCarthy. I mean, the cast is fucking amazing. Thank you from the office. So yeah, it's it's one of those films where you, you're like, you're watching it and like, oh, I forgot they were in it. And then you're like, why are they in it? This is really surreal. And there are like some really, really funny bits. I'm sorry, but when they're all puking on each other is just really funny. And she takes a shit in the road. Yeah. I laughed out loud at that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because do you know why I find that funny? And I thought of you, Rhonda, because that is your worst fear, isn't it? It is, yeah. Of being caught it's a short. little bit too close to reality, I think, for it to be funny. Like <laughs> But there was one standout character for me in it. There was one who I thought was Tell me who it was. Do you're nodding? I'm nodding question. Who? Melissa McCarthy. Who was it? There was one. Per- no, no, no. One person who's so discreet in the film that she deserved Ellie Kemper. to be. I don't know what her name is. I don't Unbreakable Kim, Kimmy Smith or the other one. The- I, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, you're saying words that I don't Tell, tell us who they were in the film and okay, we'll work so it out. I, I, I want to know if Dee can pick out who it was. It's somebody who had very little airtime and I thought that's the one that I find The funny. mother from Goldberg's. She's- Blonde. I don't know what that is. Blonde. It's the mother who wants to get coke from a hairdresser. She was funny. She deserved, deserved way more airtime. She... Was she had good comedic timing and she was funny. But I think it's, everyone has a different style of humour. And this is where it comes down to. Me and Dee have had this debate on several different episodes. Let me take a life. poll here. In-betweeners, uh-huh. funny or not? In-betweeners. Funny. I can't vote because I've never watched it, so sorry. Oh, because you're a former teacher too. See, I think it's fucking hilarious. My sister thinks that I'm an idiot for thinking it's funny. <laughs> Do you know what it is? And this is a compliment I like bus wankers is like an insult, but... Bus like, wankers is a, wankers. Yeah. It's a great insult. It's great. Do you know why my bar for comedy is so high? And this is a compliment to you, Dee, because you are comedy gold. You are funnier than anything I've seen on TV. And if anyone listens to our podcast, especially the episode where Dee gets drunk, Dee, Dee's comedy is up here. This is, Deanna's funny, you know? So it's really hard when I watch something to find anything that even comes near to Dee's comedic genius, her delivery, the content of her humor, everything. So that that's where that's where I'm coming from. I gotta explain that. <laughs> Not like cock baby graffiti on cake baby. That's always funny. I thought that cock was quite baby. funny too. I thought that was quite funny too. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Rhonda. I think you're <laughs> hilarious also. Thank you. Also, having been a secondary teacher. I've, I've seen a lot. <laughs> so, I don't have to keep a straight face through a lot. So I think that's why I find it harder to laugh because it's got to exceed those moments, you know? So anyway, so tell me what you guys think of the film. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's a great film. I think it suffers a lot from being two hours long. I don't think it needs to be that long. I think it's, it's a standard thing with like Paul Feig films. I was just going through his filmography before. Man and needs for an such editor, a doesn't he? prolific actor, for a, such a prolific director, he's got The Heat, he's got Spy, he's got Ghostbusters. These are all kind of good films, but not like the best of the best. And I think this is this is probably my favourite film of his that he's done. But also I feel like, I think it could have been tighter. I love that this is probably the first time I saw any of these actors in any in anything substantial, apart from Chris O'Dowd, because I used to love the IT crowd. Oh, the IT crowd, just perfection. He was like, oh, IT crowd's in an American film. This, and it's a love interest. This is interesting. I knew who Terry Crews was before, but Kristen Wiig didn't really know who John Hamm was, didn't know anything about Megan, didn't know Ellie Kemper, didn't know Mary Rudolph. And now a lot of these people are my favourite people in, in a film. So I, I really like to see that how they've started in this in this film, which got them a lot of traction and then has really developed their careers into, into what they've done now. Yeah, even, sorry, the Australian one. Yeah, Rose Byrne. Rebel Wilson, I can take or leave it sometimes. And I'm not that big a fan of George Lucas, Matt Lucas even. <laughs> George Doris. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Shooting yeah. stars. I was thinking of George Doris, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In this. So I think those scenes with Rebel and Matt Lucas could have been taken out and they just had some, and you know, we just knew that she's having problems with her flatmates and then she got kicked out. So I think it could have taken some time out. One of my favourite lines of the film, I've written it verbatim here. It's Rebels, one of her lines, when she gets busted for reading Annie's diary and she says, I didn't know it was your diary. I thought it was a very sad handwritten book. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... <laughs> but come on, that. that's that fucking good. funny. That's funny. And are we speaking about the cast now? Because I need to talk about John sure. Hamm. Such a small role. I think I'm in love with him. Such a small role, but possibly the most relatable. I know he's a dick in the film, but... Possibly the most relatable because he had two lines, one at the beginning, one at the end. And I was like, I can hear myself say these lines and I can, I definitely think them. And I, I can definitely hear my sister saying them. At the beginning, he says, I want you to leave, but I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick. <laughs> I think that's a perfect line. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and then at the end, you know, they're in the car. He's joking about Annie's having a shit day, blah, blah, blah. And he's joking about her, like, giving him a blowjob while he's driving, blah, blah, blah. And she's obviously like, no, fuck no. And he says, it's called humor. Learn about it. And I can just hear that in my sister's voice. So, Jenna, <laughs> you are, I'm laughing more watching you retell the story. And it reminds me <laughs> of like this one girl I used to watch on YouTube where she would summarize a film. So if you don't have time to watch films, she would summarize it for you in 10 minutes. <laughs> and she was such a good... St- <laughs> She was such a good storyteller. We've got a spin-off season at the moment from our podcast because we cover true crime and it's really depressing. And sometimes at the end of the episode, we're like, what do we do now? Do we just say bye? Like, oh, and then they all die. Goodbye. So we're like, do we try to find, we've spent a whole season trying to figure out how to end an episode and questioning why the hell we're doing this in the first place to ourselves. And my sister's always like, why didn't we pick to do a podcast on Real Housewives and I've always said, because I've never watched a single episode of Real Housewives. So our spin-off season <laughs> is me watching Real Housewives while getting wasted. And because... Gogglebox style. Uh, <laughs> these commentaries. Recent testimonial. Gogglebox on acid. Not acid, just alcohol. <laughs> if anyone wants to send me acid for this, it might help. So, yeah, the alcohol was a personal choice, but I just couldn't do it sober. So, uh, yeah, this is this is us. <laughs> <laughs> What is our life? I don't know. Wonderfully chaotic. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the cast, guys? Helen, 
Yeah, it's great. There's loads of people I like in it. I really like Rose Byrne in this because Helen is obviously the character that it's so easy to hate. And they're all just like, she's so beautiful and she is beautiful. And then when she cries and they're like, oh, did I still look ugly? She's like, no, I looked okay. Yeah, I think she she does a great job with that. But yeah, they're all great. Like how often do you get to like see an entire film where it's just women on screen for two hours, just doing whatever they, they want to do and, and being funny? The men in it are, apart from John Hamm, Lillian's husband is just extremely bland, which is a bit of a shame. You would have liked him to like been a hottie for her, but yeah, all, all the women are fabulous and men just barely feature. It's great. Maya Rudolph is one of the most underrated actors of the moment, I think. 100%. She's fucking hilarious. Place? Yes, she was amazing in there. She is amazing. Yeah. Her eating a burrito. Who would have thought that would be fucking hilarious? <laughs> but she's so good. I love her in everything she's in. Grown Ups, Sisters, Wine County. She's so good. And Melissa McCarthy, every time I see her in something, I just like my esteem for her grows. And like today I was watching her answering questions while eating hot chilies shouldn't be funny but it fucking is so i recommend that <laughs> the thing that annoys me most about my rudolph is that isn't she married to paul thomas anderson yes and she, he's not put her in any of it I, I, maybe I'm, maybe he hasn't got that sense of humor isn't she i guess she's got a cameo in licorice pizza i think i think she's definitely yeah. in one of them but she should be in his films but yeah that pairing seems like it odds to me but that's the only thing I've got negative to say about. Maybe she's just too cool for his films, you know. Yeah. She doesn't want to do Yeah, but she, she was in Grown Ups, Adam Sandler film. Definitely. <laughs> I would have liked to see this film directed by a woman because I love that it had an all-female cast and I would have liked to see them go wild a little bit more, just to ramp it up a little bit more. And I think the other thing that I think... I'm, I'm a tough crowd when it comes to a film about a wedding because that doesn't hold my interest. And... It bothers me the assumption that all women are into weddings and dream about weddings because that's just not the case. So anything that's wedding themed is going to struggle to hold my interest at all. And I would have loved that not the theme not to be so cliched when it deals with women because I just thought, I don't know, I would have liked to see them let loose a bit more, maybe not have it be centered around a woman with, you know, cliched sort of jealousy issues. And it's just a little bit too... Like a man wrote a film about what he thinks women give a shit about, and that's what I think also bothered me. But it was written by Kirsten Wig and Annie Mumolo. Oh, was it? Okay, I stand corrected. Kristen, come on, Kristen. Yeah. I have to say, we haven't talked about Kristen yet, but I was indifferent to her as an actress as well. And I will say that although she's like the main character, she's not the best one. She's kind of just the glue that no. the story revolves around. But everyone around her is much funnier as a character, I think. But I did love her in Whip It. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Oh, she in Whip It as well? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, she's okay. Maggie Mayhem or something. But as a roller derbyist, is that the word? Yeah. I'm going to go for it. But Are you a roller derby? I am. Do you roll derby? I do. Okay. Is it as brutal as Whip It makes out to be? Yeah, but mainly because we are so shit that we just fall over each other all the time. And so I come home with like new bruises all the time. But yeah. <laughs> and we always tease our instructor that we've been researching by watching the documentary Whip It, which drives her insane. She was really good in that. I like that. But maybe because she was like this in this film, not afraid to get ugly for it. But she was all right. But again, her character was not the funniest, not the most interesting. It was just kind of the reason why everyone else was in it who were was funnier. Yeah, and also, like, Annie's a terrible person as well. 
I think her kind of role is typically the lead in these kind of films because it lets Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph do their thing really, really to heighten level. She's got some really good gags, but I think she's the other cast are allowed to really run riot, which is perfect, I think. Is there anything else you want to say, guys, before we head to the scores? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about some of the Paul Feig. First of all, how much does he look like Bill Gates? Because I Googled him. And <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought he was. But yeah. <laughs> right? And like just looking at some of the things that he has kind of directed or produced or whatever, it's freaking amazing. And some of them, some of the things are so underappreciated that I want to give a shout out to them. Like Freaks and Geeks, I think it only had mm. one season, but it was so good. It was so good. Freaks and Geeks is awesome. And it's got so many people that like Little Baby, Seth Rogen. No, not Seth Rogen. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, Seth Rogen's Seth in Rogen, it. Seth Rogen's Elliot Jason Page, Siegel. Before the guys that made the guys that directed Dungeons and Dragons and Game Nights, they've come from there. Linda Cardellini. Exactly. Uh, he did also Busy like Phillips. Arrested Development, some episodes of The Office, the American one. Mm. If you like that, I didn't. Anyway, and he did only one episode of Parks and Rec, but it's worth mentioning because it's the Pawnee Zoo episode. Do any of you watch... Is that the one with the penguins? The gay penguins. Yes, it is, Kobe. (laughs) And that episode is a beautiful one. It is one that I recommend to people if they want to get started, because season one of Parks and Rec can take a bit of getting into. So Pawnee Zoo is the one that I tell people, go and watch that one and then start from the beginnings. Yeah, just fantastic body of work, I think. Yeah, like I say, I think it's Freaks and Geeks that set him on this track. I think some of his films, like, Ghostbusters and Last Christmas, which uh, isn't that good, aren't as good as his other ones. We've had a simple favour on here before, which I liked a lot more than I thought it would do. And he tends to like using the same people time and time again. So Melissa McCarthy's in there a few times. Henry Golding's in Simple Favour and also in Last Christmas, for example. And I like when actors do that. Sorry, directors do that. But I think we're still waiting for something that's really going to surprise us all with his work. Take him to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Helen, I want to touch on something you said a couple of times. Annie is a dick. She's a nightmare friend, isn't she? She's awful. Imagine if you had her come and ruin everything and then... Everything about her. Like making everything about her, you know? And it just, it, it actually reminded me of Melissa McCarthy and her being in Gilmore Girls because I I watched Gilmore Girls for the first time during lockdown. Have you guys watched it? I don't think my sister I has. Don't know. Right. So it's basically a mother and a daughter. When it first came out, people of our age would have been the daughter's age. And now we're kind of the mother's age. And I only watched it now recently. But apparently, like my friends who watched it when it first came out, when they were the daughter's age, they thought the mum was like such a cool mum, so cool and fun and blah, blah, blah. But when you watch it now as someone of the mother's age, you think, what a fucking shit mum. What a liability. How has she still got her kid? (laughs) Like, how has her kid not been taken off of her? And I had the same thing rewatching Sex in the City. I remember watching it when it came out, being like, oh my God, look at these guys with their fabulous lifestyle and Carrie's so cool and blah, blah, blah. Watching it now, I'm like, Carrie is a narcissist, isn't she? Self-absorbed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, can you imagine really making... And same thing with this film, right? Can you imagine making some your one of your best friend's weddings all about you, your breakup with a guy, or the scene, I'm thinking of the bridal shower scene from Bridesmaids, where she like literally kicks off, is trashing the place. Like she's a 90s rock star. Well, that that's terrible, that scene, isn't it? 
How do you, could you ever be friends with someone after that? You couldn't, could you? I think there's the stage is where she can kind of say, look guys, I've got no money and I'm the maid of honor. Can we, can we try and work something out here? That's the, that's kind of the angle she could have gone on, but she went trashing the bridal shower and stuff. It was just like, you lose faith, you lose kind of sympathy for her. I thought, the, I thought the scene in the plane was quite funny when she's trying to get into first class and doing that. I thought that, I thought that was quite When she funny, basically yeah, got drugged. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote a list of actresses that I thought would have made this film better. Okay. Weird. Can <laughs> I tell you? Hey, wait, okay. have you ever had this before? Alternative suggestions? No. Right. I went off piste. But basically, when I was reading about the film, because I thought... Paul Feig does listen to this, by the way. So, first of all, he's cringing at how we said his name. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> but he's also listening for Bridesmaids too. I'm funny, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. So, okay. So, basically... When I was reading about this film, I read that apparently Kristen Wiig kicked off the Women Are Funny movement. And I was like, what? There is a long history of funny women way before 2010 when this film came out. So then I put together a list. So these are some women I thought would have been great in this film. Wait, wait, as Annie or in general? Just throw them in. They would have made it better. Whatever whatever part they would have played. So Jennifer Aniston. I think mm-hmm. she's funny. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Brittany Murphy, RIP. Funny. Cameron Diaz, Bad Teacher was fucking hilarious. Bad was Teacher it? was great. You was loved it. it. You Hold didn't on. like it? You're saying- you didn't like it? <laughs> Maybe it's because I was a teacher. I found it funny. I thought she was great in that. I love it. I still have nightmares of watching the scene where Justin Timberlake is dry humping. Dry humping. Dry the, humping. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of forgot like, about is, him in it. I forgot about him in it. I, I thought she good was film. good. I thought this she was good. This is a poor comparison. <laughs> oh, you see, I actually thought she was funny in that. I think she's funny. I think she definitely can be funny, but yeah, Bad Teachers is not the example. It, it's, it is, it's interesting, isn't it? Comedy, it does divide people. It does divide opinion. It really, really does. I think more than any other genre because there's no right or wrong answer and everyone has a different opinion on it. Alicia Silverstone? I'm clueless. No! Okay, she's, okay. She's not crowd. Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> no. Drew Barrymore, though. The woman from Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Leslie Joseph. She's on my list. Wait, Leslie Joseph would have been so fucking surreal in this film. Like, in what context is Leslie Joseph popping up in this film? Tell us a scenario. Like a waitress at the Brazilian restaurant, maybe? No, I'm talking as the main cast members. That's what I was thinking. They're all kind of like different ages and like, Whoopi wouldn't be friends with any of those people. It's kind of like a bit wild. I think she's just trying to say, if they're all happen to be the same age, could they okay. be in this And this, that's... Fuck when, what so, she's saying, Kobe. When they're at their peak, maybe. <laughs> Two more people on my <laughs> okay, list. Sorry. Sandra on. Bullock, Renee Zellweger. I don't think they did. None of those. I don't think a lot of those would not have done that. They wouldn't have done the shitting and puking thing. They would have been like, hmm, it's probably a little bit gross out. I think Jennifer Aniston. Cameron Diaz would have. She would have shot in the street. She would. Diaz. She just put Diaz. cum in her hair. Yeah. She she would have shot in the street. And that scene in the counselor, no spoilers. <laughs> like if you're gonna do that, you're gonna do everything. Uh, I mean, I like what we're trying to do there, but I feel Jennifer Aniston isn't really. She's not edgy. One of those. Oh, one of those people. you see, I don't 
like I love the I don't think she's been used enough I don't think she's been used to her full potential I'm with my I'm not talking Jennifer Aniston and friends no I'm not talking in along friends, came no. Polly Jennifer Aniston yeah stuff like that yeah 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 I, I just like her so I'm thinking like Tracy Ullman as a funny now she's for me she's hilarious French and Saunders Tina Fey you missed out Tina Fey Amy Poehler Yes, T- Tina Fey. I did. I Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah I mean, He's, I did reference Tina Fey. She's yeah, she's so up there. <laughs> I'm thinking that I feel there's a better list than that. Tina Fey could maybe have been Annie. <laughs> you would have liked my list. I thought you guys would have been impressed by my homework. We're impressed that you made a list. We just okay. don't agree with anything on it. Okay. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus is like genuinely one of the funniest people ever. And look out for a film called uh, "You Hurt My Feelings" because she's diamond in it but in, in veep she's oh she's so amazing. good she's so good in veep okay. I, I like it. no I, I think the 100 i think i like the idea but i just feel there's better people to be on that list than than jennifer aniston i'll revise my list i'm going to do some homework for you kobe i'm going to do the homework for you check out julia louis dreyfus veep clips and she's okay. just french kiss tonight on it should we head to the scores <laughs> i think so I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to our Flixwatcher scores. They are always out of five. You can have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Dee, with your recommendability. I've gone for four. I've taken one off, one point off, because the name makes it sound like it's more of a chick flick than it actually is. It makes it difficult to recommend to some people because they will just assume, oh, that's a girl's film. That's a girly film about love and romance and weddings and blah, blah, blah which it really isn't. People shit themselves on it. Rhonda? I'm going to revise my score because I'm afraid of hate mail and I'm clearly wrong and I'm not too proud to admit that I'm wrong. Even- Stand up for your rights, a party. You have to go with your heart. My heart is saying one thing and <laughs> my conscience is telling me another. We don't know so where you I- live, but your sister does. <laughs> So, okay, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be objective. I'm going to take myself out of it. And I'm going to think about, you know, the, what you guys said. You thought it was funny. Other people clearly find it funny. I am wrong. And I realize now that people will enjoy this film. So I'm going to give it a three because for some people will love it. So, so that's my objective, balanced opinion. Helen? I'm going to give it a four. I think it is kind of one of the better comedies that have kind of come out of this sort of time if it was like an hour and a half I think it would be probably a bit higher because it gets to about like one hour 17 minutes and it's a bit like okay we get Annie's a bit of a douche she's down on a look she's like shitting on her friends and then there's like that scene with the the necklace and it's just like this could go and the film would be the same and you kind of 
loses their energy after I think on the the, the Vegas plane trip because I always forget that they don't actually make it to Vegas. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to go to Vegas. It's going to be one. It's like, oh yeah, they don't actually make it. What was I thinking of? So I think after that point, it kind of sags a little bit, which is a shame. But I think it's just about aged okay as well. And yeah, I mean, you just don't really get that many comedies that are all female led. So I think if you haven't seen it, then definitely definitely you should check it out and if you haven't seen it for a while then watch it again because it's funny if you like tiffany haddish yes yes okay yes. There you i'm go, gonna have one then there you go and judy greer's on the list for funny women i don't cast it i don't think it was funny though but who played the, the mum in arrested development <gasps> stifler's mom is who i missed off my list sorry yeah, jennifer coolidge <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. On my list. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny woman. <laughs> yeah, that's she's better than anyone else on that list that you've, you've Yeah, she, she's good. She deserves a place. Jennifer Coolidge, yeah. But can I just ask, when did films become two hours long as standard? I miss the 90-minute long fucking just Paul Feig and Apatow. Yeah. <sighs> that's when comedies became two hours. It's like a comedy only needs to be 90 minutes, guys. No. no. We just want a quick laugh. Done. Yep. Oh, she's the main actor in Shit's Creek. Catherine O'Hara. <gasps> the mother from Home Alone. Yes, she almost made it to my list. Yes, she was amazing. Randa, can you go away and have a rethink of this list? I want revi- I want to revise list, please. So. Yes, Kobe, I will do that for you. Jennifer Aniston shouldn't be on there. <gasps> I'm going to give it 4.5. I would like to give it 5 because I think I want to recommend it to as many people as possible and to say, you know, it's Karen from what Dee was saying, people of all genders would look at it and say bridesmaids ugh, this is going to be a certain type of film and it's just not it's not that film but also i'm taking marks away because i think this it could be tighter it could have jennifer coolidge in be, it <laughs> it doesn't have jennifer coolidge in it or julia louis dreyfus but i'm happy with all the cast really so 4.5 repeat viewing score d I've gone for a three because I saw it again probably when it first came out on Netflix and watched it again recently. And that was good because, again, I'd forgotten what had happened. I will probably watch it again in a few years' time, like I said, when I have a hangover on a Sunday and I just need something really, really not too taxing on the brain. So I've gone for a three. Randa. So I wouldn't go to this as a go-to to watch again. And I do love a funny film. The kind of films I re-watch are like Ferris Bueller, stuff like that. I don't often re-watch, but you know, like the good old, old funny films are Home Alone is what I would re-watch. So I wouldn't personally, but I could see why people would. So I'm going to say three. I'm going to be diplomatic. I'm going to say three. You will never watch this film again, Rhonda. What the fuck are you talking about? But I would, others might. So three. <laughs> Others might. My score. Others might. Helen. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to give it a three. I've enjoyed the times that I've rewatched it, but yeah, I think the the length and the slightly sagginess would put me off from rewatching it again. And like you know, there's other films, but yeah, I enjoyed rewatching it. It'd been a good time since I last saw it, but yeah, probably not going to watch it much more. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Just I think just typical Paul Feig films. Yeah, it's it's probably the best of them, but also I think there's better things to do quite often with that time. And I think I've seen enough now to satiate me. Lake Bell, another funny, funny lady to check out. I'm going to keep on popping these into my head. Small screen score, Deanna. I've gone for a four because my TV is pretty big. 
not to show off. So it was fine on my TV, but I, I took a point off because I would have liked to see the shitting themselves scene on the big screen. Just that moment where Lillian, where she squats in the middle of the road, is just... Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. It happened. Oh, she's shitting in the middle of the road. Yeah, that, I, I don't know why, because it's not like big special effects, but I just would have liked to see it bigger. <laughs> Jenny Slate, also from Parks and Rec. Oh. She's one of my favourites. Mona Lisa. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Small screen score, Randa. <laughs> When I watched this on an iPad, I thought that didn't affect my experience. So I'm going to give it a five. It translated well. Helen? Yeah, so I think in terms of the the kind of translation from big to small is kind of fine. But I, I saw it at the cinema and yeah, there is something about the collective audience watching someone have diarrhea in the middle of the street wearing an obviously very, very expensive wedding dress and just everyone just going no 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 and yeah so comedy is one that's good to have the shared experience and maybe not necessarily the cinema but like if you're watching it at home bring friends round don't watch it on your own watch it with someone else you can laugh and cry and cringe together so i'm gonna give it five yeah you don't have the, the cinema thing is fun but it's more having people to watch it with yeah i'm gonna give it five as well i think like i said i saw it in the cinema but i had equal amounts of fun at home watching it by myself. Aquafina. Yes. Oh, I need to check her out. Oh, she was in uh, that Disney film, Raya. <laughs> I know her from yeah, that. Yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> mm. Engagement score. <laughs> Sorry. D. I gave it a three, not because I wasn't enjoying it, and I would have been annoyed to sort of finish it early, but because I texted quite a bit during it, because it's very lighthearted, but it also means that you can... Do other stuff at the same time. I've gone for three. Yeah, Rhonda. Should I tell the truth? Sure. Okay, so when I was watching this, I did fall asleep at the end three times. And I had to, no, twice. And I had to rewatch the end three times. But I didn't fall asleep from being tired. I took too much codeine from having a migraine that made me drowsy. That's why I fell asleep. That's an important fact. It wasn't a reflection of the film. But I did, yeah, I watched the ending rewatched it and I, it wasn't quite as big as I wanted the ending to be so and you know obviously I did struggle it's it, I struggled with the film but I struggled <laughs> with a lot of films so Paul Feig I'm really sorry if you're listening I'm very sorry for my behavior there's nothing wrong with this film whatsoever clearly a lot of people enjoy it the problem is me I'm gonna redeem myself and I'm gonna give it a four oh, wow. I struggled yeah no, I struggled I just want no to sleep what's going on three with the times system. Oh, no, but the thing is, right. she went back three times. Okay. That's oh, yeah, yeah. the key. That's, fine. That's the key. Okay. So did I answer it right? That, I mean, it's, your, it's your score completely. Fuck knows what's going on in your head at the moment. <laughs> I say four. I want to, you know, let's, you know, I want to redeem myself. <laughs> Clearly my answers are wrong on this film. So I'm going to give it a good four. Ali Wong, Sarah Silverman, carry on. Oh, Sarah Silverman. I only know her from School of Rock. I wanted to like her. She's not good in School of Rock. That's not that's not Sarah Silverman. What is prime Sarah Silverman? Her stand-up. Okay. Okay. I love Hannah Gadsby. She's great. Hannah Gadsby's fantastic. Fucking love her. What are thoughts on Meg Ryan? I feel she's been with a bit Jennifer Aniston y where she's mm. good in yeah. good material, but not really like a funny Is she comedy? I didn't know that she was. I remember her from Sleepless in Seattle, not much else. The funniest film she's in? French Kiss. Not a great film. 
best Meg Ryan. Bub. Okay. Bub. I mean, I like I like her in The Cut, which isn't a comedy, but she's good in that. Tiffany Haddish. Have we said her yet? Yes, we did. We okay. celebrated her very much. Engagement score, Helen. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Yeah, I think it's the... The, the bit after Vegas, kind of like, come on, where is it going? And it's just kind of Annie being a bit miserable and the jokes kind of like thin out a little bit. But up to that point, it's like super engagement, loads of jokes. So yeah, 3.5. Mindy Kaling. Yes. Yes. See, you see, Colby? What? Casting is the issue. It's not the issue. I'm just saying of a list of funny women, I don't think you've got to the core of it. There are more than five funny women. Shock, horror. Exactly, oh, yeah. Do you know what? My, <laughs> female comedians are my favorite things. Like my favorite actors, my my favorite my favorite type of comedy. I just uh, there's just some so many good ones, and, and those are the ones that I wanted. I wanted this to, this film to. But these be. have got good ones though. Maya Rudolph. <laughs> do you, they are great. They weren't they weren't allowed to let rip, and I think that's that's what it was. They needed to be allowed to just. Maya Rudolph is, I, as I said, underrated as an actress, but this was not her funniest role. Let him go off script and then let them really be funny. Do you Although, know what I mean? You know, we've mentioned a couple of times the Terry Crews scene. I laughed at that bit because if you remember, he's like one of those personal trainers in the park that takes the classes in the park and they're basically stealing one of his lessons. They're behind a tree yeah. copying everything. <laughs> and I just thought that was fucking hilarious. That is so funny. My engagement score... 3.5. No, maybe lower. Three. I think it's just a bit. It's fun. It's a fun film. Happy to have it on in the background when stuff's happening. And I think you can dive in and out. So I'm going to give it a three. And that gives us an overall score of 3.75000 exactly. Yeah, that's good. What's <laughs> Randomly, Randa, you, you scored higher than your sister. So. Oh! <laughs> Deanna's score, overall score was 3.5. Randa's score, overall score was 3.75. So. Hey. What's the best comedy you've had? When Harry Met Sally is the highest scoring film joint. Really? Yeah. It's a good film. Interesting. Okay. It's a good film. <laughs> <laughs> trying to reevaluate Goldie Horn because she's been in a lot of really good, funny films. Yeah. She's good. Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Death Becomes yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. Mm-hmm. We like that. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's head over to Twitter. For those of you who aren't following us on Twitter, we are at Pod. Do follow us there because we talk about stuff on Netflix in general. But also, before we record... We like to put a shout out, asking for your opinion, saying something like this. We're reviewing Bridesmaids with Deanna and Randa from SSSC podcast. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout out, which will be now. Dee, do you want to take the first one? Yes, we've got Lee Thomas at Lee Thomas 5. Some of my favourite funny people involved in this, right down to the cameos. Star making turns from Wig and McCarthy. I've rewatched one scene in particular multiple times. I'm not confident which end that came out of. I think we know what scene that is. That's Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, five stars. Five stars. Sorry, Lee gives it five stars. And Randa? Okay, so John Loftus at Lofty Sins said he thought it was a little overrated when I got to see it. Three stars. Fair enough, fair enough. Dee, Randa, thank you very much for joining us. Can you tell us everyone where we can find you online and we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Well, we've got a website, switchbladesistersocialclub.com, which will send you off to all the different podcast places and social media and so forth. We're on Instagram, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're wherever you catch your podcasts. Wherever we listen to this is where you're 
are. So you don't need to change your podcast like habits. Just go to the same app and find it, right? Yeah. Switchblade Sister Social Club. More of us. What more could you want? <laughs> Perfect. Guys, thank you so much for joining us and we'll thank say you. goodbye to everyone who's listening. Thank Thanks you so much for coming on. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Rockwood Audio's editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them FlixWatcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production.